I yearn for something that's more simple because so many times things seem so complicated, so messy, and I realize deep down I'm missing something. Keep it simple. Jesus kept it simple. A lawyer came to Jesus and asked him, what is the greatest commandment? And there were many. Moses gave ten, but the Pharisees amplified, expanded the Ten Commandments. They made it complicated, extrapolated, multiplied. The ten became many. They created laws, one for each part of the body. They said there are 258 parts of the body. We have to have a law for every part of the body to keep ourselves in line. And then they added to those 355. How did they get 355? Because there were 355 syllables in the Hebrew when you read the Ten Commandments in that language. And so they had to have a law for every syllable. And 258 plus 355 equals 613. And that's how many laws they had. Talk about complicated. Holy cow. Which is the greatest commandment? Jesus kept it simple. He said it really boils down to this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. And the second commandment is like unto it or equal to it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Jesus kept it simple. Love God. Love neighbor as you love yourself. Jesus kept it simple. He gave us the golden rule. You know it. You can look it up. It's in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. The golden rule. We could say it together. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's Jesus. He kept it simple. Jesus kept it simple in that he even took the two commandments, love God, love your neighbor, and made it into one new commandment. On the night of his betrayal and his arrest, Jesus had, had the, enjoyed the Passover with his dearest friends, and after dinner, he took off his outer garment and wrapped a towel around his waist and took a basin of water and washed his disciples' feet. He took on the role of a slave, of a servant. And after he had washed his disciples' feet, he then said to them, I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. And then he went out and showed them exactly what that love looked like. Jesus kept it simple. Pray for those who persecute you. If someone asks you to walk one mile, walk with them too. If someone has two coats and sees someone who does not have one, give one away. Jesus said, if someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn to them and give them the left cheek also. Any questions? Love your enemies, Jesus said. Pretty simple. Any questions? For Jesus not only told us how to love, he showed us what that love looked like. If we want to know love, we look at Jesus. 
It's a love that looks like humility. It looks like obedience. It looks like patience. It, looked like, it looks like selfishness, selflessness. It looks like generosity. It looks like grace. It looks like kindness. If you want to see love, just be kind. It's a love that is full of joy. It is a love that rejoices not in wrongdoing, but in the right. It is a love that hopes all things. It is a love that believes with another person, endures with another person, struggles with another person. It is a love that never ends. A 1 Corinthians kind of love, a Jesus kind of love. You know Mahatma Gandhi. Gandhi was asked what he thought of Christians. And I paraphrase his answer when he said, I love Jesus. And I wish those who followed him would take him more seriously. Or maybe he could have said more simply. Because we complicate it so much. We muddle it. We dilute it. We, we get distracted from it. We divide it. We parse it. We argue over it. We fight. And we damage and we compromise our witness of what it means to know and love and follow Jesus Christ. And there is a world, too often there is that world around us who desperately wants to know if this stuff about Jesus has any merit or truth or power in it at all. And particularly on a day like today, the world watches us. But sadly, too many times we are known more for what we are against than what we are for. Too often the world looks at us Christians and sees how poorly we get along with each other and with other people rather than how well we love each other. We are left then with something that is very different from what Jesus had in mind, I believe. I'm preaching, it, I'm preaching to me too. I'm not sure this is exactly what Jesus came to give us. And the problems, the problem is that we have become so focused on ourselves that we have forgotten the, the simple teachings of Jesus and the simple life of Jesus and why he came. Yes, Jesus came to teach us. Yes, Jesus came to show us God's love. And the simple fact is, is that Jesus... As has already been said this morning, Jesus came to die. It's one of the reasons that Jesus came. Because it is, only, it is only in the offering of His perfect and sinless life that we could be saved from our sin. Saved from ourselves. And this is the simple truth of our faith. In Jesus Christ. Isaiah says this, He was bruised for our iniquities. By His stripes we are healed, and upon Him God laid all of our iniquity. The Gospel of John says it so simply and beautifully that God, out of His great love for us, gave us His Son. 
that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have life eternal. For God sent the Son into the world, not to condemn the world, but so that through him the world might be saved. Or in Romans it says, in Paul's writing, that we have died with Christ in a baptism like his, so that we might be dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Or Paul also wrote and said, said this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I have died to myself. Yes, Jesus came. And he was conceived, as the Apostles' Creed says. He was conceived, he was born, and then simply tells us he suffered. He died. He was buried, and he rose again. It's our simple Christian message. It is a simple Easter message. That Easter message of our faith is first that Jesus died to save us from our sins, to save us from ourself, and by his dying defeated death and secured for us life eternal in a heavenly home so that we can be assured that there is nothing in life or in death that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Not our sins and not death. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus and our eternal salvation has been secured by the grace and the power of God in Jesus Christ. And that part of our message is our future hope and our joy. But that is only half of the equation. And too many of us complicate things because we come, become so, so focused on, on the life after death, forgetting to live the life here and now, that things get complicated. Things get messy. Because not only is Easter our future hope and our heavenly home, but it is also our present reality. Jesus died and was raised to give us security in a heavenly home to not fear that we might be separated from God's love. And yes, Jesus guarantees us life after death. We are guaranteed by the grace and the power of God life after death. But the other part of our Easter message and its simple truth is that Jesus here and now offers us life before death. He says, live in me and I will live in you. Abide in me and I will abide in you. And the early church did it this way. They lived, they lived the life of Jesus. They understood it from the early days to be their mission. Their focus was not on themselves, but their focus was outward. They died to self. And they heard Jesus' call to go and do. A simple message to share the good news. A simple message to feed the hungry. A simple message to visit the lonely. A simple message to pray for the sick. Visit the prisoner. House the homeless. Be a witness to the world of who I am by the way that you love. 
And that is our Christian faith. That is the Easter message. It is simple. It is powerful. It is a mystery. We don't have to understand it all. And the early church, when, when, when they would gather around the table for the Eucharist of the Lord's Supper, where they would remember Jesus and His broken body, where they would remember Jesus and His poured out blood, they would claim the power and the mystery of the faith in the great Eucharistic prayer by saying it this way and this simply, Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. That is the simplicity and the power of our faith. And what I want to add for us this morning, not to complicate it, is to say, and we have work to do in the meantime. We have work to do in the meantime. It's that simple. Clarence Jordan, the founder of Koinonia Farm wrote this, the resurrection of Jesus was simply God's unwillingness to take our no for an answer. He raised Jesus not as an invitation for us to come to heaven when we die, but as a declaration that he himself has now established permanent and eternal residence here on earth. He is standing beside us, strengthening us in this life. The good news of resurrection of Jesus is not that we shall die, and go home to be with Him, although that is good news, but that He has risen and comes home with us, bringing all His hungry, naked, thirsty, sick, prisoner, brothers and sisters with Him. If our faith in a risen Savior means anything to us, if we take seriously the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and it makes sense that by the power of God we will live with Him and like Him. Jesus, the risen one, is not behind us. He's ahead of us. Not too terribly far. He said to His disciples, tell them I will meet them in Galilee. Tell them I am going to the Father and where I am, I am taking you with me. I guess the question for us on this Easter is, as Jesus calls us, are we ready to go? Because you see, the Easter journey for Mary started when Jesus called her name. The risen Christ said, Mary. And today, the risen Christ calls your name and my name. And for us, Easter, here and now, life before death begins in Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is calling. How will you answer? Are you ready to go where he may lead? Well, let me ask this, how's life working for you now? Is it a little complicated, a little messy? It can get that way. But when we answer the simple call of a, of a risen Savior and walk into a new life with Jesus, Yes, it will be challenging. Yes, it will be hard. Yes, it will not all be roses and lilies. But it will be, by God's grace, the most simple and joyful and fulfilling life that we will ever know. Here and now. 
That is the simple truth of the gospel. It is the simple joy of Easter, and it is true. My friends, Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Let us go out and live like it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. And let us now stand and respond to the word by saying what it is we believe using the Apostles' Creed. Christian, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Let us pray. Almighty, gracious, and loving God, it is Easter, and we pray for Easter joy. We pray for those who grieve on this happy day. Their grief is real, and we lift it up to your throne of grace. We pray for those who seek healing. We pray for protection from what steals our joy. We pray for Easter joy. By the victory of Christ, we pray for Easter hope. Gathered today are some who wrestle with doubts and yet seek to believe. We pray for those seeking hope, reaching for the light through a dark cloud. We pray for those who hope to reconcile differences with spouses, family members, or friends. We pray for Easter hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray for Easter vision. May we seek your purpose for our lives, even if it means trying something new, and may we follow it. May we discover your direction for mission, and may we pursue it. And may we join your will to challenge us to grow, and may we actively respond to that. We pray for Easter vision. We pray these things in the name of our risen, victorious Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Again, welcome to our worship on this Easter Sunday. There are many opportunities and events going on in the life of the church. They're all there in the bulletin for you. We would appreciate if we might have a record of your visit as the pads are passed down the pews, and then we also want to make sure that, that you know that we would love for you to become part of this family of faith as we seek to serve Jesus Christ and all the ministries and activities of this church. It's a wonderful family of faith, and we would love to have you become part of it. 
Let us know of your desires in that regard, and we can facilitate you becoming an official member. Warm welcome to guests and visitors. On this Easter Sunday, as is our custom, we take up an Easter offering. The offering is split between uh, two very worthy causes. Number one, the Presbyterian Disaster Assistance. It goes to directly aid those who have experienced crisis, whether it was like Hurricane Sandy or fires in Texas. This is boots on the ground, uh, equipment and people to meet real needs through the Presbyterian Disaster Assistance. That's half of the offering. The other half will go to our global mission partners. We are in the midst of our global mission uh, offering season. We are $11,000 short of our goal. With your generosity and your gifts today, I feel sure that we will surpass that goal. Your gifts to our global partners are tenfold strong. Ten dollars for our global partners is like a hundred. A hundred is like a thousand. So give generously to this work that is touching lives around the globe. As I say, the rest of the announcements are there for your attention, so let us continue our worship with grateful hearts as we present our tithes, our offerings, and our Easter offering this morning.
Let us pray. Almighty, all gracious, all giving God, we give to you today these tithes, these offerings, and these gifts to further your work here and abroad. For we not only give you the fruit of our labor, we give to you our commitments, our personal dedication, and our very lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Christ is risen. He is risen it's this time of year that I always remember a song that my mother taught us as children. It goes, every morning is Easter morning from now on. Every day's resurrection day. The past is over and gone. Goodbye fear, goodbye guilt, good riddance. Hello world, hello sun. I am one of the Easter people. My new life has begun, and so has yours. Step into your new life in the confidence of a risen Savior to love and serve the Lord in every thought, word, and deed. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 